Hey friends, a big welcome to you. This is the Connected Families Podcast and I'm Stacey Bellward, your host. Today we are going to do a Q&A session with co-founders of Connected Families, Jim and Lynn Jackson. Every time we run the Discipline That Connects with Your Child's Heart online course, we host three live Q&A sessions for that cohort. Well, today we are going to bring you a couple of those questions. I'm excited to get started. Hi, Jim and Lynn. Hey, Stacy. Stacy, you always pick doozies. <laughs> Stacy gets an extra ounce of excitement when we do Q&As. I know, yeah. I do. <laughs> I want to stump these guys. <laughs> Oh, well, I really love that parents sent them in. And I think if one person took the time to send in their question, there's probably a hundred other people that are dealing with a similar situation. And so I like answering those questions, giving practical tips for people. And I love the questions that I picked because, you know, I know that we have super fans, Jim and Lynn. We we have such high open rates for the emails, the parenting tips that we send. I've been told I binged the podcasts. <laughs> Isn't that you know amazing? And we've had a lot of folks come through the Discipline That Connects online course. All the things. That's what I'm saying. These questions come from people who have learned the framework that we teach yep. and are really working hard mm-hmm. to so cool. bring God's grace and truth into their homes and into their parenting and into their everyday situations. And they send in a question because they feel a little stuck. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm excited. I'm a coach. I want to help them out of this stuck place. And their situations are so real. So the first mom, she writes in about this scenario. She's driving in the car. I'm going to close my eyes and imagine being the parent. <laughs> and you can imagine. Or should I be the child? <laughs> we'll do a role play later. Yeah, sure. maybe she has frozen music going on. Oh. Or maybe it's VeggieTales <laughs> music. <laughs> or, you know. Uh, and what, are you singing? Oh, that's funny. Okay, so the music's going. And then she hears, you know, I, I don't know, maybe it was a four-year-old. I don't think she said how old. But the child's buckled up in the back. And it's... I want to stop at McDonald's for an ice cream cone. And she answers, you know, I'm sorry, we can't. And the child just starts getting really upset. So upset that he takes off his seatbelt. Oh boy, you know, now a mom's like, what do I do? And so this is what she wrote because she's following the framework. She says, I can stay safe by pulling over and stay calm while I wait for him to buckle back up. I can remind him of my love. You can hear these words of the framework, mm-hmm, safe. Mm-hmm. We've got loved. I can remind him of my love for him even when he isn't getting his way and he misbehaves. The third layer, I can coach him and talk to him about what he might be feeling when he unbuckles and why he does that. We can talk about all the other things to do instead of unbuckling. She's working hard. Mm -hmm. Isn't she? She is doing everything that she knows. So congratulations, Mama, for that. We celebrate you for that. And then she says, I'm stuck on the correction part. What would a natural consequence be for this? So in spite of all these best efforts, kiddo still keeps taking the, could be whatever. So it sounds yeah. like this is not an isolated incident. <laughs> no, not it's if prob- she sent so, in the question. So yeah. at the end of the day, child says, I want something and takes off the seatbelt. Yeah. And this happens repeatedly and I'm working the framework and he still does it. Let's help her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, the first thing I always think of when I hear questions like this, and I love that this is a parent who's working through the things Mm -hmm. 
and thinking it through. Mm -hmm. And I would invite that there still is more depth to thinking it through because at at the end of the day, my thinking is, and I mean, I know there could be a lot of complicating factors, but if this had been, I'm imagining this is one of my children, you know, and we've gone through this. I've done the framework and the wisdom building and the consequences and the thing, and he or she won't keep the seatbelt on. I'm going to find a way to, I mean, they make child-proof seatbelts. And if it comes to that, I mean, Mm -hmm. in the simplest of fashion, I'm going to get it. It's like, buddy, you are having such a hard time staying in the seatbelt. It's so hard for you. And I know it's hard. We're going to get one of those things that only I can unlock to put you in. Would you like that or would you not like that? No, I don't want that. Well, then what do you need to do to not have that? Mm -hmm. I need to keep my seatbelt on. Oh, good. Listening. You understand it. Okay. Well, do you think that you can do that this time? Let's see how it goes. But if you take the seatbelt off again, we're going to keep it locked from now on until you can demonstrate that you can keep it on. And then the kicking and the screaming and all of the different things will happen because the child has used this as a way to gain a sense of some sort of warped control is stopped. And the hard part of that is, is that there may be some pretty loud kicking and screaming in the back seat because I don't like this lock thing anymore. We got to get where we're going. The law says we got to wear these things. And I know it's hard for you, but it's what we got to do, buddy. I'm sorry that you feel the way you mm-hmm. feel. Now, I recognize, Lynn, and I know you're over here going, yeah, but there could be so many different underlying issues, yeah. and sensory things and stuff. <laughs> so I understand that this is not as simple as what I just said, but it could be. And what you did is you just gave parents permission that there are times they just have to be firm and it's not, they're not going to yeah, make their child happy. Yeah. It's not going to feel right. exactly. like roses. Kind, but firm. It's like, yeah. I love you so much that it's my job as the parent to keep you safe in the car. And if that means having a lock, then that's what we'll do for a while mm-hmm. until you can prove mm-hmm. that you can be safe. Mm-hmm. So it's really, it's kind of the framework of if we misuse a privilege, we lose a privilege until we can demonstrate that we can make it right by responding well to that privilege of having a regular seatbelt. Right. So it it follows the thinking perfectly. There's just other, that doesn't mean, oh, good, that's the one solution. Bing, check, got the right answer. Because it's never that simple. What else do we need to think about? Well, by the time a child is four years old, they're also able to help solve this problem. Yes. Like, okay, it's hard for you to stay in the seatbelt. Tell me more about what that's about and what are your ideas for how to solve it? Because like mommy or daddy said, you got to stay in the seatbelt. Well, it's, the answer it, is that I should get the ice cream cone. Well, <laughs> no, you'll never get the ice cream cone by acting this way to get it. Would I be a good parent if I gave you an ice cream cone when you did something unsafe? Would I be a good parent if no. I did that? What would that teach you to be unsafe to get ice cream? We can't do that. So the child could answer the right answer or the wrong answer <laughs> because they're, you know. Yes, you would. Well, no, yeah. actually I wouldn't. And because I love you so much, I am committed to not giving you things that you demand when mm-hmm. you're being unsafe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just know that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Stacy, you said something you, and I want to reemphasize it because I think it's so important. Parents tend to think that if they do the framework right, it will work on their children. They think it means the child will behave. If I do A, B, C, and D, I will get F. Or if I do F, E, D, C, and B, I will get an A. Okay, yeah. (laughs) The framework is about changing us. It's not about changing our kids. And so, but the more we can learn to be kind in our firmness, Mm -hmm. we can go quick. The framework can take three seconds. Mm -hmm. Oh, honey, you're doing that thing again. It's time for the lock. Wow. I, I love you. But you that I, was safe, that I, was loving, that know, was coaching you responsible. Me. It's all honey, if you do that again, we're gonna put the lock on. 
Mm-hmm. Entirely different message. Right. It's all in the tone of voice so, and that that flows from out of the parent's heart. So what I heard from this question is the mom was, was thinking maybe that if she walked through the framework and she took a lot of time doing it because she described yeah. it, right, mm-hmm. that the child was then going to be like, okay, you're right. You know, thank you for loving me and coaching me yes. the way that you have. I'll put my yep. seatbelt on, mom, <laughs> and we can get an ice cream cone tomorrow. We mm-hmm. love the emails we get from parents who say their four-year-olds told them that. Right, <laughs> <laughs> right. Never right. once. And just this week, I got, this is a different topic, but I got an email from a young man who's now a college student. When he was in middle school, he was so angry at his parents for how they guided him through video games. But it was wise, it was loving, it was firm, it was thoughtful. And now he says, boy, back then I hated not having all the privileges my friends did, but now I'm so thankful. Mm -hmm. So there are times when we have to just stay the course of parenting the way we know is best for our kids, and they may not like it, but they can discern our heart of love under the surface, and then we trust God with the long-term results. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. Kind, but firm, in a hurry. (laughs) And in a hurry sometimes. You can do it. You can learn to do that. Yeah, and I can be okay even when you're not okay. Yes. Which is the underlying uh, foundation of kind, but firm. Yeah. Yeah. I want to throw one more quick thing into this seatbelt thing. Sometimes kids get just agitated being in the car. The car is one of the most stressful sensory challenges kids face. It's a lot like dinner. Crowded in a little space. I'm not in control. The car is lurching and moving. My siblings are loud. And so it can set off really difficult behaviors of kids. Mm -hmm. So even being thoughtful about that and, you know, providing some uh, like a snack or a toy or some padding if the seatbelt is uncomfortable, trying to figure out is there any way to reduce the stress of the car? And you just might find the kid's not taking his seatbelt off. So that's just a a little different Mm -hmm. side perspective of meeting needs under the surface. Yeah, that's compassion and empathy and being proactive to meet needs that might be underlying all of this car side, you know, car ride anxiety. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lynn, for that. That's your occupational therapy side and your brain science exactly. side that we all appreciate so much. Yeah. She runs so around practical. the house in her little lab coat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, I've got another question for you on the other side of the commercial. It's about spitting. Spitting. I'm the best <laughs> spitter in seventh grade. <laughs> all right. <laughs> You do the best you can as a parent, but perhaps still you find yourself wondering, am I doing it right? Are there ways I could improve? We all have parenting strengths and areas for growth. And at Connected Families, we want to help you in both of those areas. To help you get a good grip on your strengths and a couple of ways you can improve, we've designed a 24-question multiple-choice assessment that will both challenge and encourage you. You'll come away with confidence about your strengths as well as practical ideas about how to improve. Sign up for instant access to the assessment and you'll get confidential results immediately. Head to our show notes and follow the link to sign up for our free parenting assessment. All right, Jim and Lynn, we're back after the break, and I have got a doozy of a question for you. In fact, mm-hmm. we probably are going to giggle a little bit. Well, I'm looking forward to it based I know. on the prelude. <laughs> well, here you go. Here's the question. Can you help me think of some logical consequences for spitting 
Hmm, my seven-year-old son does this as a fighting tactic to rile up his sisters or myself. My three-year-old is getting in on it and my nine-year-old as well. We doubled down on it, which has entrenched the behavior. And I find this one to be the most repulsive and disrespectful thing he could do. So I just want done with it. Hmm. This mom is frustrated, isn't she? She's really frustrated. And if she'd have been my mom when I was in you know, a youngster in school, she'd have been equally frustrated. I loved spitting. I was the best <laughs> spitter in seventh grade. We used to go out to the bus stop okay. when it was cold, and our bus stop was by a fire hydrant, you know, uh-huh. and had those poles behind the hydrant that yeah. were the markers with a little reflector on it. It was about a foot-long reflector, so right, you could see the, the hydrant when it uh-huh. was, yep. And our job was to see if we could cover it with snags that stuck. <laughs> Thanks very and much, I, Jim, and for my that parenting were always wisdom. So impressed with my ability to cover that thing, Jim. With, I think. <laughs> I mean, I'm excited about this topic. Now, I, I do have to say, though, logical consequences is a word that parents often ask us about. It's, it's not a term we understand it, but it's not a term we use at Connected right. Families. We have changed the terminology to natural impacts. Mm-hmm. Because natural impacts are passively done. It's what happens when you do this thing as opposed to what I'm going to do to you to make things stop or Mm -hmm. what I'm going to put in place so that you'll be better motivated. It's just about understanding and helping our kids understand what happens for real, not what people do to you because of it, but what happens when we spit on stuff and on each other. And I would invite that the starting place for this is to just make sure your kids understand, you know, the potential pitfalls of all of that. I would actually suggest a different starting place. <laughs> Lynn, well, you're thinking <laughs> about it differently than yeah, me? Yeah, I know. Okay, How well, about that? You know. <laughs> I would start at foundation because yeah. the wording of oh, this. there you go again, drawing uh-huh. me inward to my heart, which is the right answer. I, it's not right or wrong. I, it's just another. No, it's the right answer. <laughs> starting place. Because <laughs> um, I look at some of the wording. He riles up his sister or myself, mm-hmm. we doubled down on it, which mm. entrenched it, and I want it done with. So, and if I had to sum this up, I'd say spit is power in mm. this dynamic, mm. and that's what is causing it to be entrenched. Lynn is always so wise. <laughs> Larry, is, is there our, Larry's our trusty engineer. Is there a spit pole out here in this corner <laughs> that I could just go visit while Lynn finishes up today? Jim, I don't think the mom would have an issue if her son was spitting on, <laughs> that's right. on the fire hydrant outside. Yeah, yeah. It seems like a, this I is in the kitchen. An important point, yeah. Right. So before, you can start with logical consequences. I believe that it's helpful to look inward at this because otherwise the natural impact can sound like, do you know what happens when you spit at people? Mm. It does this and that and that, and no one wants to be with you, and it could devolve into that unless Mm -hmm. we've we've looked at our heart first. Mm -hmm. So the other thing I think about this is to think in terms of the full spectrum of anger responses. This little guy is feeling a little out of control, which we all do at various times, and he's found the golden ticket of what gets him control and power. And so he's going to need to reevaluate the wisdom of that, like Mm -hmm. Jim was talking about. But this takes the heart of a parent that wants to grow wisdom, that sees that their little guy is a little struggling and frustrated, and maybe doesn't know, he seems like he's kind of in the middle of the birth order here, and so maybe he doesn't feel like he's got a good voice, and this is his power voice. So the other thing I think about is just a heart of a parent that goes, what's good about this? He's expressing himself strongly, and he's not hurting anyone physically. So I've had a number of parents say that, you know, they get really frustrated about name-calling, 
potty talk, spitting, Mm -hmm. but they don't stop to realize this is a more respectful response than slugging someone to get your way. So to even acknowledge that, it's like, you've got some really big feelings there, but you're keeping people safe with your hands. Now let's talk about a way that you might actually feel better about and more mature. Like you feel like you really were honoring to yourself and someone else and how you handled this conflict or this difficult situation. And we call that the gift gone awry mm-hmm. at Connected Families. Yeah. So what is the good underneath this behavior yeah. that's coming out kind of crooked? And yeah. even naming that in that moment could be a bit disarming yeah. to him. Yeah. Well, and giving it an expression then too, an appropriate yeah. expression. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking back to my story about the spit pole. I mean, I'm literally like now going, <laughs> okay, if I'm the parent of this child, what am I going to do? Uh, you know, I am going to discuss not with a tone, not in a condescending way, but it's like, you know, spitting on people and on the things that we use around here, man, it grows bacteria and it's not a good thing. But you know what? I love spitting. <laughs> Let's go spit together outside. Let's make a target and see who's better. You think you can beat me at a spit game? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's go spit. And let's see who's better at spitting. I was going to ask you about that. Oh, absolutely. I would would Mm -hmm. make up a spitting game and we would do it. And then as all a part of that is like, so awesome to spit with you, buddy. Yeah. I love spitting with you when the spit goes in a place that's not going to harm or disrespect other people. When spitting actually connects our heart Mm -hmm. instead of disconnects our hearts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, that's a huge joining empathetic, you know, even as a part of that fun activity, I would say, now, buddy, if spitting with your siblings and in the house continues to be a problem, A... You and I are going to have to spend more time out here spitting, <laughs> perhaps. Yeah. Uh-huh. And B, we'll have to talk together about, you know, how to handle that and what to do about that if kind of my joining you in this isn't helping you. I want to help you. What are your ideas, bud, for how to get past this? And I think it's important to acknowledge that spit. In one level, it's looking for power, but it's also trying to communicate something. It's similar to door slamming or throwing a toy or something like that. And when kids do physical actions to try to express something that could be more thoughtful, respectful words, parents can say, so wow, that door really shook on its hinges. If that door had words, what would it say? Mm -hmm. Or that toy went just flying past my face. If it could talk, what would it say? And you say the same thing about spit. So what words? If that spit had words as it went flying out of your mouth, if that were words, what would those words be? I don't know. Well, might it be that, that you are really stressed about your homework and then your brother is playing near you and he doesn't have homework and it just really ticked you off? Is that what it might say? Or whatever. Mm-hmm. You take a good guess. Mm-hmm. Bridge so to the, empathy. The, a bridge to empathy so that what comes mm-hmm. flying out of his mouth next isn't spit, but it's maybe some frustrated words where you can go, high five, bud. Now I know what's really going on in there. And that just feels so much more honoring to me when you can tell me what really is the deal. I love that. So you're coaching him towards a new way to communicate mm-hmm. in that moment. Yep. Mm-hmm. What other coaching tips do you have for that moment. So one was, hey, let's go out and let's spit together. Let's make it fun and a connective activity. One is let's put words to that spit and give you new words in that moment. Any any other strategies for parents to divert <laughs> an activity that's not helpful? Yeah. 
Well, for us, you know, this principle of connection in correction is always high. And, you know, what might that be for this family? I don't know. But I imagine if this was happening to myself and a younger child, I have to protect against that big, explosive, angry, frustrated of of my own. Like Lynn said, looking inside, Mm -hmm. am I aware of how much this triggers me? And am I taking those thoughts captive to Christ's obedience so I can come to my child in grace, in truth, in love? So, yeah, I got to do that work. Then I start to move toward that with connection. And it could be that the next time the child spits, it's like, hey, (laughs) wow, I'm not sure what the words were there, but I bet they were big words if there were words behind that spit. You know what they were? Come here. Come here, buddy. You need a back rub right now. Move toward with Mm -hmm. connection. Move toward with connection. What does it look like? How do you do it? The way that we connect with our kids when everything is okay is often a way we can connect with them when things are not okay. Yeah. And because it's familiar to them, they know what it means, they know what it is. But when we can add connection to the correction, it calms us down, it wisens us up, and it helps our words be clearer and our plan be clearer for our kids and helps them get on board, helps us remember some of these principles even that Lynn and I are talking about now. If we're calm, if we're connective, our brain is in a different state and we can do our best work. I mean, I think I just need to say as a mom, I have teenagers now, sometimes I just need to get over that something annoys me me so much. It's just me, you know, yeah. and that's part of the work that you guys said, but I just need to be like, okay, spitting is just, yeah. I'm going to not let it bother me that much. As I thought of that, I was thinking, well, let's, yeah, let's all go for a walk and spit the whole way. It's the same kind of thing as yep. taking the one child yep. out, but let's just disarm that thing altogether yep. so that it's just not an issue. For I sure. want to ask you though, Lynn, it seems to me like spinning could have some kind of sensory element. Now, maybe not. I know I'm throwing a curveball at you a little bit right now, but do you have anything to add there? A little bit. It's not a big power thing because it's sort of like, you know, it's just releasing. When kids are mouthing a lot or chewing on their fingers or doing other kinds of things with their mouth, that's more likely to be a, a sensory thing. Okay. But anytime you have a child that's doing an unusual behavior, you know, you probably have a stressed, frustrated, or discouraged child that's making some poor choices out of that stress and frustration. But I think one other last thing I would throw out is just if someone gets spit on at close range in their face, then that has broken the connection in that relationship. And I would wait until that child is well calmed down and say, what are you going to do to just bridge that relationship again? Mm -hmm. And so that you can get to a place where you're laughing and having fun again. So maybe it's fixing a treat. Maybe it's planning a fun activity. What are you going to do to put that relationship back together? Yeah, Mm. that was a really good ad. And I love that you gave the child suggestions. Here's a couple. You can do what you want. But I've found that with my kids is that it's been helpful when I give them some ideas to start with yeah. and not mm-hmm. just expect yeah. them to come the, up with something The answer is almost themselves. always, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I've got some ideas. you want yeah. to hear them or do you want to think about it for a while? Well, thanks for answering these questions from our community, <laughs> these Jim are always and fun. Lynn. <laughs> I know. These are fun ones. I, I started thinking about baseball players. Maybe the guy's just cut out to be a baseball player. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. All right. We'll see you next time. All righty. Thanks, Stacy. Did you find today helpful? Share a comment letting us know what has been most helpful for you. And I just want to take a minute and invite you to the new social media app called Clubhouse. We started a Connected Families Club and are having fantastic live conversations with people like you. Find more information about how to join us on Clubhouse in our show notes. And to find the free parenting assessment we mentioned, go to our show notes for more information and for more information about Connected Families. Go to connectedfamilies.org. We'll see you next time.